Hi everyone, I'm Tara Mont, and you're listening to the Trust and Thrive with Tara Mont podcast. I created this podcast along with my blog and brand to hopefully inspire others to live their most authentic life. I truly believe that we all have the power to live a life we love, and to do so, it's so important to be in tune with ourselves and be open to growing and evolving. I believe that once we can trust ourselves and our vision, that's when we can thrive. So with this podcast, I plan to discuss all things to do with self-reflection, personal growth, mindsets, and self-belief, all aspects that affect us in our everyday life. If you feel connected to my message and want to listen more often, I will be sharing one podcast a week, so make sure to subscribe and stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode with Joanna Waterfall, the founder of Yellow Co. I appreciated how honest she was and how honest all my guests have honestly been about just being, you know, afraid. It's okay to be afraid and anxious and worried and have imposter syndrome and not feel like you're good enough. Even when you reach that specific goal, even when you have a certain amount of success, it's normal and You don't have to be just starting out to be afraid. You may have reached your goals. You may have hit a certain number, but you can still have those fears of the unknown and not feel like you're good enough or take things personally. And so I really appreciated Joanna for sharing her story and just being so vulnerable and sharing the amazing company that she created and how she's really brought together so many creative women. So now I'm excited to share this week's episode with Miranda Mendelson, who is a full-time blogger and YouTuber under the name Slashed Beauty. Miranda's beauty blog slash beauty helps you keep up with beauty trends on a budget. Miranda's career jumped off after being named most buzzworthy beauty blogger by Allure magazine in 2014, and she's a three-time judge in the Glamour magazine beauty awards. So actually, Miranda, I know of her because we went to the same college and we were in the same acapella group. We weren't in the group at the same time, but we know of each other. We went to school at different times, so we just have known of each other and have seen each other at events. And since meeting her, I followed Slash Beauty and I've always admired that she's done it full time and she's followed her passion and she sticks to it. And her videos are such great quality, such great content, and she's super consistent. And I really respect that. So I never really got the chance to really get to know her. Like I've said, I've seen her at events. I've never really gotten to know a lot about her. So it was really, really nice talking to her and just learning about her background, her story, how she actually wanted to pursue music full-time and that she started her blog as a side project for fun and it led to Slash Beauty. It led to her creating a full-time job off of it. So in this episode, we touched on a lot of points that I think are really important, not just for people who want to get into blogging or YouTube, but also just anyone who's following a passion and pursuing something. So we touched on comparison, losing motivation, staying consistent, why it's really important to stay true to yourself, even when you have great deals coming at you and you have to choose what you value, why it's important to stick to your morals and the lessons she's learned over time and how she started from zero as everyone does no one starts with a hundred thousand subscribers on youtube unless you're like a celebrity who just created an account or something and everyone's just following you right away but most people you start with zero and you have to get that gain that traction you have to gain an audience for whatever you're doing whether that's your music or you're starting a business whatever it is it's so important to stay consistent and we all struggle with comparison we all struggle with those hard days and miranda was great enough to open up and share those days and share those hard times with us and how she's gotten through them. 
I know she has such a long way to go. She's going to do great things. This is just the beginning for her as well. So it was really nice to talk to her. And if you would like to follow Miranda, you can follow her at Slashed Beauty. And all the information will be in the description of this episode, including her YouTube as well. So with that said, let's get right into it with Miranda Mendelssohn. So hi, Miranda. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited. Of course. I really appreciate it. To start off, can you give listeners a little more insight on yourself and Slashed Beauty and what exactly it is that you do? Sure. So I guess you could call me an influencer. That's kind of the word everyone likes to use nowadays. Um, I do run my own blog and social media platforms under the name Slashed Beauty, and they are all dedicated to budget beauty, kind of keeping up with the latest trends, but on a budget without spending you know, copious amounts on and makeup and fashion, you know, kind of keeping it real. That's awesome. So did you always know you were passionate about makeup and beauty? How did that exactly come about? Yeah. So starting honestly, like in middle school, when I was allowed to wear makeup at 13, um, I was always really fascinated with just, you know, all of the techniques and all the colors. And then uh, in high school, I kind of became the makeup person. So I would do my friends makeup for formals and, you know, prom and whatnot. So it was always something that I really liked. Um, and I honestly thought that it might be a career path for me early on. I thought that maybe, you know, makeup artistry would be something that I'd want to do, but it just kind of fell into more so the teaching aspect after I was self-taught from other people online. (laughs) That's cool. So did you always know you wanted to pursue beauty? Like what did you study in college and when did you decide to start your blog? So originally I was very convinced that I was going to be a professional singer. That was kind of my goal throughout high school. And that was something that my mom and I actually like worked towards while I was in high school. Like I was in the studio recording demos and filming music videos and stuff like that. So that was honestly what my actual path was. Um, I did decide to go to college instead of taking a year off to like more seriously pursue music just because I was afraid of falling behind. I still wanted to have kind of that um, fallback plan, if you will. So in college, I studied communications. And that was kind of just a decision where it's kind of a catch-all major. A lot of people say, like, if you don't know what to study, you study communications. Um, But I ended up really enjoying it. And some of what I learned does kind of feed into uh, the influencer space. I also minored in women's studies just because that was something that I was really interested in. And, uh, you know, I ended up starting my blog because I needed a creative outlet. So as you know, I was part of an acapella group in college. Mm -hmm. And when I got to my junior year, I really wanted to kind of start working and not just like in retail or part-time jobs. So um, I had to quit my extracurriculars and I was working a day job and going to school at night and I felt super like bogged down. And at this point I had started Slashed Beauty, but it was very much um, just a once in a while thing, you know, very, very casually. But then I realized I needed more of a creative outlet. So that was when I started to do it more consistently. And then, you know, a few short years later, it became a job. 
Wow. And how do you think your mood and overall happiness changed from when you didn't have that creative outlet and maybe you were just working, going to school? How did it change after you finally had that outlet? Oh my gosh, it it definitely changed. I mean, there's kind of two edges to that because on one hand, I was definitely spending a lot of time on it, which sometimes made me stressed because I felt like, oh, you know, this is something I want to take seriously. So I'm going to really invest all of my weekend time and all of my nighttime. But it also was such a great release of just having something creative to work on aside from, you know, my daily uh, work and school obligations. And it it did boost my mood. I felt super motivated and uh, super driven to kind of just create something from nothing. And I was really excited when I started getting feedback, whether it was from, you know, friends and family, but also people that I didn't know around the world about stuff I was creating. So it was really, really cool to to get that validation. And that's kind of what kept me going. Oh, I bet. That's awesome. And I see that you post often. You're like super consistent. How did you keep going? Maybe like in the beginning, I know it's not always easy and maybe you don't get any views. So what made you stick to your goals and stay consistent regardless? Um, well, honestly, that's that's kind of the number one tip that anybody in this industry will tell you about getting started is that's the thing you have to do. You have to keep creating content. And I knew that that was also the only way that I was going to get better is by consistently, you know, trying out new things and, and honing my skills. And honestly, I mean, it was crazy at the beginning because I'd be at school and work Monday through Thursday. And then I did all of my blog stuff Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it was helpful that my husband, boyfriend at the time, worked on weekends. So I kind of had that time to myself. And that's how I filled my time as I worked on my blog. Um, But yeah, consistency is always key when it comes to online content. And I knew that. So that was definitely a big priority of mine starting out. Definitely. And when exactly did you start the blog? I started it... The second semester of my freshman year of college, so that was oh, wow. 2012, that was like my very first posts and videos. Um, I was literally on the floor of my dorm room. And like I said, you know, for about a year, a year and a half after that, I was still in my extracurriculars and I, you know, had had roommates. So it wasn't something I was doing um, really consistently at first, um, just kind of whenever something sparked my interest or I discovered a new tip that I wanted to share. Um, but I didn't start doing it super seriously, I would say, until about 2013. So were you always pretty confident in putting yourself out there? Because I know it can be so scary to be vulnerable online, especially YouTube, especially with videos. It's common to feel scared. So were you ever hesitant or were you always pretty confident and able to put yourself out there? Um, I think it's a little bit of both because, you know, in high school, I actually did YouTube as well, but for singing. So I kind of already had that background of like posting stuff online. And, you know, I figured if anyone was going to say anything not so favorable, I didn't know who they were. I think I was probably more nervous about people I did know uh, seeing the content because then I'd have to like see them and then they'd probably bring it up and it's weird. Um, But honestly, having strangers see it is was never really a big um, deterrent for me. I feel more awkward when I'm actually like in person with somebody and like they want to pull it up and watch it with me. I'm like, that's weird. I don't want to do that. Um, But yeah, I've never really been um, too much of a person who's nervous about posting stuff online and putting myself out there because most of the people who see it, I don't know you. So you can like it, hate it, whatever. Uh, It's really no difference to me. 
Yeah, that's incredible. And do you think being a singer and growing up wanting to pursue entertainment, do you think that helped? Because you have to put yourself out there for that. Absolutely, for sure, for sure. I mean, I think what it helped the most and something that I often hear from people who want to kind of get into what I do, but, you know, they have certain personal roadblocks. Um, I think what it mostly helped with was like my comfort on camera, because not only was I doing singing, but then I also grew up doing acting and performing arts and whatnot. So I think that really helped just kind of be comfortable speaking. That's kind of the number one thing. So that I, that background for sure kind of fed into the way that I present myself and probably, you know, the confidence and, and how I get over certain insecurities by being on camera. What kind of environment did you grow up in? Did you grow up in a household full of maybe entertainers or what did, what did your parents do and how were you encouraged to be true to yourself and pursue something that you're passionate about? So um, I grew up with a single mom and she was also an entrepreneur. So um, well, she was also a singer too. So she kind of is one of those women who, you know, she finds out how to create a business out of what she loves. And clearly the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Um, so she actually is the CEO and co-founder of babynames.com. So that's her online business. And so I always grew up seeing her, you know, pursuing her passions and making it her job. And as, as a kid, it was always awesome to have her so available because she was working for herself. You know, we were able to spend so much time together and I could see her genuinely happy, um, you know, just being able to pursue this. So, you know, I felt very supported when I wanted to pursue something. My mom funded a lot of different projects when I did want to become a singer, whether it was studio time, whether it was literally hiring a crew to create a music video that, you know, now is on the deepest corners of the internet. And so she really did invest in me and she continues to invest in me uh, in, in other ways, you know, emotional support and whatnot. Um, so that was definitely a big factor in why I felt comfortable doing the same thing, you know. Mm -hmm. She sounds like an amazing woman. That's awesome. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And do you think it was hard to tell her that you didn't want to pursue music full time and that maybe you wanted to move towards beauty because maybe she was a singer and you did you ever feel that kind of pressure to or was she very understanding of the beauty? Kind of. Well, definitely. Like, I think at one point I did tell her like, oh, you know, I'm thinking of going to beauty school. And she was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, she was always very supportive of me going to college that that was always a very big priority. So that was never, um, never something that was hard to, to do. But as far as like moving away from music, it was, um, you know, in my mind, a touchy subject because I knew how much she had put in, but it's kind of funny because she did the same thing to her parents. She went to school for music. She went to Northwestern University, which is not a cheap school. And then she ended up working in computers. So it's really funny how we ended up kind of doing yeah. the exact same thing. Um, but no, I mean, she, she just wants me to be happy. And so if I was able to, you know, support myself and find ways to keep me happy and do things I love, then I know she's all for it. That's great. And moving on to the YouTube side. So like posting all these videos and you're seeing all these other beauty bloggers and maybe not everyone's as consistent, but they get lucky. And then you see one thing like blows up. Do you ever struggle with that comparison and thinking like, when is not when is that going to be me, but just comparing yourself to like people online? A million percent, a million percent, because I mean, I am what 
a lot of people would consider a micro influencer. And what that means is, you know, I don't have a million followers, but I am able to still influence and I'm able to still make a living off of it, um, but with smaller numbers. And even though I'm very, very grateful for that, like I can literally split all of our bills down the middle and I can come to the table and, and you know, finance my life and also be comfortable enough to take vacations and whatnot. Um, there's always that comparison of like, why is it that I've been doing it for X amount of time and I don't have this many followers? Because it's still such a big, um, I think, indicator of success in this industry. So that is definitely something that I struggle with a lot. And, you know, you can even ask my husband. There are some days where, you know, he comes home from work and I'm like, I'm looking for a job. I'm on LinkedIn. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not going to ever grow. Da, da, da. Um, and so sometimes I have to be kind of talked off the ledge because of that comparison. You know, it's always the thief of joy and, and it's really hard to avoid in this industry just because that's kind of the only um, public way to tell somebody's how somebody's doing. Um, so yeah, I struggle with that sometimes, but you know, I just kind of have to remind myself, I am so lucky to be able to support myself and my family. And, uh, I just got to stay in my lane and keep going. I totally get that. <laughs> like the whole, like going on LinkedIn and like having those days because, you know, you can feel like so motivated sometimes. And then some days you just have those struggles where you feel like you're not moving forward, but you just have to stay consistent and trust and work hard. So what keeps you going on those hard days? I know you said your husband helps you and supports you, but what else keeps you going and makes you look towards your overall vision and goals? Sure. So, I mean, like, yeah, like I said, there's some days where I just super feel stuck and I'm not motivated or I think that what I'm doing isn't good enough, et cetera. And so some things that I do to kind of get myself out of that funk is I start consuming content that aligns with what I want to make. So, you know, I watch YouTubers who I look up to that I want to model my content after and, you know, just see what they're doing, see what their audience likes. And then I kind of get inspired by that. I also rewatch old stuff or, or reread old blogs of mine to see how far I've come, see how my quality has changed. Or so it kind of helps me see like, okay, you know, I am improving. I am, you know, finding ways to be more engaging. Um, and then after that, you know, I, I'm very much a planner that makes me feel in control just in every aspect of my life, but especially for, for my job, you know, I'll brainstorm ideas like content ideas. And then I make plans. What are the steps I need to make this happen? ASAP. I don't want this to just stay on a idea list forever. What can I do tomorrow to make this happen? So sometimes it's just one of those things where I got to buckle down and write out a prioritized to-do list. And that really helps me kind of get back on track. Yeah, definitely having that routine and staying consistent because I think a lot of times we expect to just always be motivated and always want to do it. But even if you're passionate about something, it's going to be hard on certain days. It's not always going to be fun. And the fact that you look back on your old blog posts and see how much you've improved, I think that's incredible and so important because I, I just posted something about being a perfectionist and a lot of us don't start because we always we're like we want it to be perfect or there will be a perfect time and so the fact that you can appreciate that I've grown so much do you ever look back and think okay like I almost didn't post this thinking it wasn't good enough or are you kind of proud to look back and like you said just see how much you've grown and always be okay with little mistakes and realizing it's going to get better yeah I mean it's funny because there are videos that I'll look back on and I'll remember being like so upset about how something turned out, but you know, I had to post it anyway. And I'm like, you know, 
either I don't notice it anymore or I know that if someone didn't know about it, they're not going to notice it. You know, it, it is very much that perfectionist view of like, everybody's going to notice every little mistake. And on the flip side of that, though, you know, one of my philosophies now in in kind of curating my content is I like to treat every piece of content as if it's somebody's first time seeing my stuff. And I think that's really important for content creators. So if I do look back and I'm like, you know, I'm still not really happy with how this turned out or wow, this is really not a good, uh, uh, indicator of what I do now, sometimes I will go back and put old stuff on private um, just because I really want to put out the best version of my content. So that's also a reason why, why I'll go back and, you know, I can take notes from it, but I can also take it offline. <laughs> and that's great. I mean, I think it's also important to care, you know, so that's good. It's definitely a great balance. So this whole show is about being true to yourself and being authentic and following what you're passionate about. So I wanted to ask you what living your most authentic life means to you. So authenticity is really, it's definitely a buzzword in my industry. And I think it is because of the fact that, you know, we're all the, these influencers, quote unquote, and, and our job is basically to convince other people to try new things, whether that be travel or beauty products in my case. Um, and then when you add in money into that, you know, goal, that kind of muddle, muddles things up, you know, there are brand deals, there are sponsorships. And I think, uh, audiences are kind of becoming more savvy on that. So in my mind, staying authentic in the terms of like what I do is always being sure that no matter whether or not I'm working with somebody on a paid level, like everything that I tell my audience is going to be true for me. You know, something, something that I can really put my name behind. And at the end of the day, I feel happy supporting. And so one thing it, an example would be that, you know, I've been offered certain brand deals and then I try the product and I'm like, this doesn't work for me. Or, you know, I know that this isn't going to be a good suggestion for my audience and I've had to just completely scrap it. Like, yeah, I could pay my mortgage with that, but also I need to stay authentic because that's how I gained followers and being inauthentic is how you lose them and how you lose people's trust. So authenticity in the terms of what I do is definitely just staying true to yourself. And I guess not quote unquote selling out, you know, and in general too, I think sometimes it's hard, uh, as an influencer to kind of quantify like your experiences and are they worth sharing and, and, you know, always kind of thinking going through life, like, should I be Instagramming this? Should I be Snapchatting this? So sometimes I feel like being authentic is also deciding not to share stuff and just living in the moment and, you know, being able to kind of find that balance. I really like that because I think we feel sometimes like if you're, you know, like an influencer, you're doing something online or you're just posting on social media, you have that pressure of needing to share everything with the world. And a lot of people on YouTube do. And I appreciate that. And it's nice to you know, relate and hear those stories, but it's no one's responsibility to. So how do you find that balance of like what you keep private and what you decide to share? I mean, honestly, it usually happens on accident. I always say like, oh my God, I'm such a bad influencer because I didn't put this on my Instagram story. But it usually happens because I'm so caught up in just 
living my life where I'm like, oh, I didn't document something or I just, I only posted one Instagram story. Oh my gosh. Like why, why did I do that? But you know, then I look back and I'm like, okay, but I lived it. And that, so that was just for me. You know what I mean? And there are definitely some experiences where I go in knowing like, okay, this is going to be really good for content and whatever. But you know, some, sometimes I'll go on vacation and you know, my husband and I just went to Jamaica uh, in November and I posted like two photos from it and I was like oh my gosh why didn't I post more it was so beautiful da 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 and then I realized well I'm enjoying myself I'm enjoying just being with my husband we're just laying on the beach you know like relaxing so sometimes it just kind of it just un- unfolds that way it, it is funny because you think like if you don't post it it seems like you're not doing much like you don't have to post all the hours that you're working and editing like people might think you just like went out to get a smoothie but they don't know like everything you're doing behind the scenes and all the work so it's really interesting and going back to like the brand deals I admire you for saying that and for sticking to yourself and being authentic because obviously I don't you know want to name names or throw anyone under the bus but I can't even imagine, you know, like supporting like skinny tees, like laxes, like things like that, that when you have that kind of influence, no matter how big, no matter how small, you're affecting people. And I think it's admirable that you say that. And I think the more authentic you are to yourself, the farther you will go. You know, you can make money, pay your mortgage, or you can have those numbers or whatever, but people will see that and people will like know you're being real and true to yourself. And that's what I think people admire at the end of the day. And that's why, you know, the numbers don't matter because no one knows what you're doing and who you are to yourself. So I really do admire that. Thank you. Of course. So for someone who wants to be creative and express themselves in some way, but maybe they're scared or afraid of judgment, what would you tell them and how important do you think it is to put yourself out there, especially if it's a creative outlet? I think it's super important. And I think something that I don't know necessarily if it's something people want to hear or not, but when you're just starting out, you're not going to have a lot of eyes on you anyway. So just creating the content and, and figuring out your groove is the most important thing because then like, like I said, I do later on when you've kind of figured it out and you have a better handle on things, you can go back and delete old stuff that you're not proud of, but just starting is the, the most important thing because you're not going to get better and you're not going to ever get to the point where you want to be if you don't just start creating. And maybe you're making videos or doing podcasts or, you know, whatever, and you don't publish them, but at least you're practicing the craft so that you can really, you know, start honing it. And so I just think you have to start. That's just the first step. And, you know, as far as fear of judgment, like I said, this space, the creative space online specifically is so saturated that when you start out, you're not probably not going to have a lot of people judging you anyway. So uh, there's really not too much to lose by just jumping in. It's so true. And like I've said before, it's easy to get discouraged. People make like two videos. They're like, why do I not have all these subscribers or people watching? And I've always admired that more than anything, staying consistent and putting your best work out there, even if you think no one's watching. And I think that's what it means to keep going and stay consistent. So does your husband get what you're doing? Was it kind of different for him? Because I know this whole influencer online space is, it's overall pretty new as in how you can make a living off of it. So does he work a full-time job, like a nine to five? How does that work? Yeah, so he does work a full-time job, nine to five. But he was around when I started Slash Beauty. Like he saw the very beginnings of it. Like I, I remember him buying me makeup 
to oh. review because one summer I was just so broke and he's like, oh, I'm going to buy you makeup. You can review it on your YouTube channel. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's been around from the beginning and has seen it grow. And he was actually the one to really encourage me to go full time with it because I was terrified of quitting my job. Um, but he was encouraging me to do that like probably up to a year and a half before I actually did. Um, so when I finally did quit my job and it kind of all happened so fast, I wasn't planning on quitting that day. And I just had to, I, you know, I go home and I'm like, uh, I accidentally quit my job, but at least I'm making enough from my blog to, you know, still pay my bills. And he's like, well, finally, like, yes, you can pay your bills. Like you've been in a position to do that for a while. I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner. So he's always been so supportive. And like I said, he's my rock when I'm feeling like I need to go back out and get a nine to five just because I'm not believing in myself. So he's, he's always been very supportive and also just, he, he makes me realize like how far I've come. And he's like, you built something from nothing and not a lot of people can say that. So he's, he's definitely my number one cheerleader for sure. Oh, that's so nice because not everyone's as lucky to have that. And I always think that too, like not everyone's like parents and people around them are supportive of that. But say someone doesn't have that support system, how important do you think it is to maybe find those other beauty bloggers or find those other people that you can connect with and go to those conventions? How important do you think it is to have that tribe that understands you? Oh my God, it's so important. So aside from, you know, having a, a good support system of my own, um, my online support system has been just completely, you know, just irreplaceable. I've, when I first started out, I joined a bunch of online Facebook groups dedicated to beauty bloggers or just bloggers in general that, that do it professionally and their input and just using them as a soundboard has really, honestly, some of these women have helped me in my career so much, whether it has been, you know, giving me advice on how to do something or even just putting me in touch with somebody I want to do business with. Um, you'll find awesome tribes of, of creatives online who are so willing to help. And something that really stuck with me, I remember somebody said like the pie is big enough for everybody to have a slice. So help other people out. And so that's always been my philosophy ever since I heard it. So when people reach out to me on DM about just asking, you know, certain advice, I always do my best to answer them or give them the resources to find the answers to their question. But yeah, finding finding a community online of people who are like-minded and they're doing what you want to do can really, really help you not only gain the confidence to just start, but also kind of help you along the way with all of the inevitable self-doubt and, and just, you know, getting used to the space. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree. I think there's enough success for everyone. And, you know, there's always like sometimes competition or just comparing when you look at people who are doing what you're doing and you're always wondering like, why are we not on the same level? Or like, how did I get here? And this person is still struggling and they've been posting more or whatever. But I think that's incredible and admirable to always support others because there's always enough for everyone. It's it's ridiculous how people think there's not. Finally, I know you said to start, that's the first thing to do if someone's struggling and they want to try something. But what would be the first step of starting? I know that's kind of vague, but say someone wants to put themselves out there online, for example, if they don't have the right equipment, if they don't have maybe the right editing skills, do you think they should just start and learn over time? Or do you think they should just keep waiting until it's better? What advice would you give on that sense? So I think starting with what you have is the best way to just 
you know, get yourself out there. I think when I started, I was filming on my MacBook laptop, you know, and, and granted that was at a different time when YouTube was a lot less produced than it was now. But the thing is, is that our phones have really great cameras on them. So if video is what you want to do, literally buy a tripod for your phone and just start. Um, as far as editing, there's so many free softwares out there until last year, I was still using the free editing software that came on my Mac computer. So there are a lot of ways to get started without, you know, investing too much, you know, if, if money's short and, and, you know, I think the biggest way to really kind of get started also besides, you know, just doing it physically is brainstorming what you want to talk about. I think a lot of people want to start in the creative space, whether it's a YouTube channel or a blog or a podcast, but they don't really have a clear vision. I think that's definitely the first step before you actually create any content. Um, because, you know, like like we've mentioned earlier, this is a very saturated space now. The, the whole internet, everybody's got a, their own, you know, they've got a stake in the claim. Um, so trying to figure out what makes you different, wh what about your content is, is unique, that's always going to be the first step. And then after that, you know, start recording on your phone, start jotting down your ideas and just go with it. But definitely kind of figuring out your niche, I would say is probably the biggest first step. Because if you are just kind of making content about nothing, then it's going to be a l much longer road. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And you must have found that gap in the industry of finding beauty trends on a budget. And I think that's so important. And was that when did you realize that was that something that you were trying to find and you thought was missing online and you couldn't find it yourself? So you started it? Absolutely. So when I, like I said, I started this in college, but I was always a makeup lover. And in high school, I was lucky enough to like have an allowance, which I completely blew at Sephora every month. Um, but in college, I obviously had to pay for more practical things. So the YouTubers at the time who were doing beauty online, they were using products that I could not afford anymore or that, you know, I just didn't feel comfortable splurging on. And it was hard for me to find people who were, you know, reviewing more affordable options or just doing looks with cheaper makeup. So that is exactly what sparked uh, me wanting to do slash beauty was, hey, I'm going to figure out, you know, what are the best products? What what can you replace in your routine for so much cheaper and still look awesome? Um, and yeah, so that was definitely me finding my niche and filling that gap. And that's still my main focus to this day, although I have branched out a little bit more into fashion and women's health. Um, but that's that's still my core audience for sure. I love that because I don't see that many beauty trends on a budget. But I wanted to thank you so much. And I know we haven't, I know we were, <laughs> I want to let listeners know we were in the same acapella group, not at the same time, but the same acapella group in college. And I, I've always known about you, but I didn't know about your story, obviously. So I really appreciate you opening up and being honest. And I really do admire you and think you're going to go really far by just staying true to yourself and being consistent and working hard. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And this was super fun. And I'm really excited to see you also doing, you know, something creative and something valuable. And I think that, you know, these episodes really can inspire people. Thank you. That means a lot. And so for the end of this episode, I wanted to ask you what's coming up next for Slash Beauty and where can listeners find you? Sure. So this year I've done a really big lean into video. So you're going to see a lot more of me on my YouTube channel. You can search slashed beauty and I'll come up. Um, I'm also going to be doing a lot of travel content because like I mentioned, I love traveling and I 
honestly sometimes don't really capture all the fun of it. So I'm going to start doing that more, more travel guides and more kind of just travel diaries with myself and my husband and also try to keep a budget friendly uh, angle on that too, because I, I feel like a lot of people love to travel, but they don't know how to do it on uh, on a budget. And that is my specialty. So <laughs> that's, that's definitely what's uh, in store. But like I said, you can find me on YouTube. You can find me on my blog slashed beauty.com and on Instagram slashed beauty. I love that. I love travel vlogs and especially on a budget. I'm sure a lot of people will appreciate that. Yeah. So thank you so much again for being here, Miranda. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Of course. So I hope you enjoyed that episode, whether or not you are into beauty, blogging, whatever it is, I think there's always something to take away from each episode because every guest that comes on, they're, they're simply human. They're simply just someone who's following a passion or figuring out their way in life too. And so I hope you could take something away from that story and that you could relate. So for me, one big takeaway was the idea of comparison and comparing your journey to someone else's journey. So for example, especially with blogging and being on YouTube, it's so easy to compare yourself according to the numbers because some people come on and they've been on for such a short time and maybe they just know people or they get a shout out and then all of a sudden they're at 100,000 subscribers in less than a month. Then there are people who've been consistent and going for over years and years and maybe they don't even have 100 subscribers yet. It's easy to compare and I appreciate that Miranda was fully honest. I say that about every guest, but I really do just appreciate honesty because you'd be surprised that some people you talk to will say no. I'm always confident. I'm always good. Not that many people want to be vulnerable, especially on a podcast, especially people who are doing so well and what they're passionate about. It's scary to be honest and say, hey, yeah, I've... I've lost motivation. I've compared myself. And even Miranda says she's had those days where she's come home and thought, screw it, I'm just going to go get a full-time job. I'm going to go find one. And her husband said, no, doing great. This is worth it and encouraged her. And we all have those days. I've had those days where I've just gone on LinkedIn and I thought, should I just do something full-time and forget about what I'm doing or just kind of keep it on the side? Or should I go all in and just kind of make those sacrifices of not having my own apartment but I realize it's worth it and it's my vision and to stick to it and stay consistent and so that's why when she said that I was like oh I totally have been there I've totally had those days of just going on LinkedIn and just feeling like it's not worth it and I'm not moving forward and so just the idea of even being vulnerable about that leads to someone else being vulnerable because I kind of I didn't think about that and it, it just reminded me of when I've done that. So I was able to be honest and feel comfortable. That inspires other people to open up. That inspires authenticity from other people. And it's a chain reaction that we need. So that was just one thing I took from this. There were so many, so many great points that Miranda gave. Even just the idea of staying consistent. I know so many of my guests have said that. And they say it for a reason because it's true. And it's crazy because you kind of forget that it's obvious to stay consistent, but so many of us expect results right away. We want to see numbers right away. And Miranda even said like, hey, I went to school full time and worked from Monday to Friday and I just spent the whole weekend working on my blog and my videos. She stayed consistent maybe when no one was watching in the beginning and she didn't care. And that's one thing that I really admired as well is that she says that if they were close to her, obviously she cared more than strangers. But she was like, hey, I don't care what strangers think because I just realized I'm never going to see them. <laughs> I'm never going to see them and they're behind a screen. So I'm just going to be myself. 
and especially with video, especially with YouTube, I think that's one thing people are afraid of is just putting yourself out there. I thought so when I started. I don't use YouTube as much and I would like to more often, but even with my podcast, I thought, oh my gosh, I don't want certain people to see this or I don't like the idea of this group of people seeing this or it makes me uncomfortable. And it's like, who cares? You get to a point where you do it so often and you realize like, yeah, I'm going to grow. I'm going to learn. And Miranda even explains herself that she goes back to some of her videos and she thinks maybe I shouldn't have done that or I should change that or, you know, we all we all analyze what we've done and we, we all grow and advance in our skills that of course we think, okay, my editing skills are better now, how I talk is better now, how I share my ideas are better now, whatever it is, we're always growing and to not start just because we don't have the perfect camera. We don't have the perfect equipment. It's just so unfortunate. She explains that she started with a MacBook camera. We've all been there. We've all started somewhere. And so to look how far she's come from then, if she didn't start because she didn't have a great quality camera or she wasn't getting views right away, if she didn't stay consistent because of that, she wouldn't be where she is now. You have to think long-term, whatever your goals are, and don't compare your journey to someone else's journey because everyone's journey is so different. Everyone's path is so different. And to think, oh, this 23-year-old, they have already gotten this promotion and they already own this house and they're married and blah, 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 blah. No, we're all on such different paths. You just don't know. You can't expect, okay, this person got this many subscribers, this many listens, this many views after one year, so I should too. No. If you keep comparing, you're just going to be disappointed. Maybe your progression isn't as quick or isn't as slow. It's not going to be the same as other people. You may not go from zero to 100,000 in a month, but you may go from zero to a million in two years. Or you may go from zero to 3,000 in two years, and then the next year it's a million. You just don't know, and you have to stay consistent. You have to trust. You have to keep working hard. And I think Miranda's a great example of that, of being authentic and not just settling either. She explains she doesn't settle for brands she doesn't believe in. She gets brand offers and brand deals and she's explained that she hasn't believed in certain brands that have approached her and so she didn't work with them. She could have easily taken it and paid for rent. She could have easily done so but she believes in what she's doing. She believes in her message and has certain values that remind her not to just settle and to frankly sell out. And that's another reason I think she's going to thrive even more. It's because she's staying true to herself. She's staying consistent. She's being authentic. And at the end of the day, people appreciate that. If I was offered a million dollars right now, I would not sell a skinny tea ever in my life. And I know like some people think like, yeah, right. But it's true. I could never sell out, never do what I don't believe in. It's just something for me, at least it's what I value so hard being authentic and true to myself. That I could never just for money, just for numbers, whatever it is, I'm just going to stay consistent, work hard and be true to myself. And Miranda seems to be doing the same thing, which is why I very much admire her and loved having her on the show because she represents that so well. I hope you enjoyed listening as well. And you can follow her at Slash Beauty on Instagram. You can also visit SlashBeauty.com and you can find her on YouTube as well. And all the information will be in the description of this episode. You can also find me on Instagram at Tara.Mont or the Instagram for this podcast at Trust and Thrive. And thank you all so much for listening. It means so, so much. If you've made it this far and you continue to listen, I hope you're as excited as I am for future guests. 
If you have any suggestions, any feedback, I would love, love, love to know. Please send me a message or leave a review. That would mean so much. I'm always open to knowing how you feel and what you're enjoying from these episodes, what you're taking away. And so please don't hesitate to send me a message and let me know. So I hope you're enjoying the weather wherever you are. I know it's gorgeous here in LA. So have a lovely rest of your weekend and I will catch you all next Thrive Thursday.